You know what? I remember two times ago when I came in in such a bad mood, like a foul mood, that it affected this for like 45 minutes. And I was like, I've been thinking about like, if I'm going to go do a podcast, like I like start thinking about being in a good mood like two hours in advance. <laughs> Literally. Well, that makes my job a whole lot easier because I do feel like I have to song and dance you into a good mood. That's <laughs> funny. I'm Josh Sigmund. And I'm Bryn Rouse. I'm a mortgage guy with a passion for money, business, and elevating my game. Bryn is my co-host. She's my friend and marketing director for my mortgage team. That's right. I'm a marketing girl, a mama of three, and wife of one. And like Josh, elevating life, business, and relationships, well, it's my jam. This season's topic, elevate your game. What do you want? Do you want to push personal limits, find joy, be more present? Be a better parent, have a sexier marriage, make more money, save more money, start your own business, develop a hobby, or strengthen important relationships? Impact the world, be a better boss, or create a stronger business? Then you are ready to elevate. And this is the place to do it. Are you ready? Sigmund Sense Season 3, Elevate Your Game. All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of the series of Elevation in all ways, shapes, and forms, right? And uh, and welcome to Sigmund Sense. So we are going to talk about elevating the culture of your team today. Yes. And uh, I think that's super, super important because... Um, you know, we've, we've spoken about uh, small businesses. In fact, I think the last episode was more about uh, elevating your small business. But at some people, uh, at so, some people, <laughs> at some point, you must uh, grow through people. Yeah. And uh, it, the quality of the people around you and how well you guys interact and how on board everyone is with the common vision and, and all that stuff really, really, really matters. But I think one of the most underrated areas is uh, managing culture, understanding culture, understanding how you can utilize it to your advantage, mm-hmm. understanding how just detrimental it can be when when you get uh, into that poisonous drama that happens. Yes, and I think that a lot of times we operate culture without any sort of roadmap. Yep. And whatever culture we land on or end up with is yep. kind of what we land on. Um, and then we navigate our way through the problems that come from not having a plan. Or you crash and burn, Mav. Or well, you crash and burn. Well, it's going to happen um, one or the other, yeah. So having a little bit of direction yep. on what we're trying to accomplish culture-wise and really defining it, yep. super helpful. Super helpful. <laughs> and super and helpful. I'll tell you why Why most people end up kind of sidestepping and stepping on landmines and you know learn what, what burns and what feels good, right? is because most people that are small business and growing from there, you know, the first one or two or three or four hires, it's a really tight knit group, right? Mm-hmm. You're basically in each other's business all day, every day. Yeah. And it's easy to be tight as a leader. It's easy to know what everyone's doing. Um, so no one's getting away with stuff that they shouldn't be doing, right? Mm-hmm. It's easy to be, uh, you know, you think growth percentage wise, exponential growth is easier done the smaller you are, right? If you right. go from, if I close one loan ever in my entire life, going from one to two is literally, oh my God, it's, yeah. I grew 100%, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I, that, that's, but doing that when you're doing 500 loans a year or right. going from a, a billion dollar empire to a $3 billion empire, it's a totally different animal. Totally. And so, um, so that first step, you know, you, you're kind of managing through the two or three or four hires and then you wake up and holy crap, there's 25. And when that happens, you have a whole new set of problems, right? Right. And, and I would say, too, that when you're hiring your first one, two, three, four, it's, it's your friends, it seems it, like. Well, <laughs> and, well, I would say it's more about skill set. Yeah. You know, like this person can do the job. They okay. have the That's skills that we need, um, which is good. It's really good. Yep. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the right culture that you want to ramp and go forward with. I can get on board with that. What's funny is I, I also can think of the exact opposite. I think also the first couple of hires of a number of people I know was their mom or their so sister true, yeah. or their best friend uh, or somebody that like, hey, can I join you kind of thing. So I don't know. We can talk about it in circles. I mean, you know, I, I literally this- in real estate, I can, you know, there's some great teams locally I can think of that like the third the first three or four hires were their buddies from the war. Yeah. Like literally, you know, so Um, I think too, this just popped in my head that when you hire your first round of people, your first one or two, you probably don't have solid footing on your leadership style or what you want. 
as far as a culture. So yep. everybody's kind of bringing their own mix to the table or their yep. own style to the table for good or bad. Yep. And so while you as the leader navigate through like, oh, I really like this. Oh, I really don't yep. like that. You can kind of fine tune and hone. Yep. And I don't think that means that the people that you're like, oh, I don't really care for that means that they're not a good fit. Yep. But we can certainly start, you know, being more specific. Be, yeah. Being more intentional about getting them into the yep. zone that you want. So lots yeah, of good and, stuff. and what's funny is that, you know, uh, this is where natural charisma serves some people better than others. This is where uh, people that are anti-conflict get themselves in trouble. This is a point where, you know, again, I want you to picture maybe you've done this already and you're like, yep, did that. Yep, mm -hmm. I did that. But you're going from a team of one to a team of infinite, whatever that number is, you're going to navigate different areas. And so what we believe is, is that the first step in really ele elevating the culture of your team is to understand what your core values are, yes. right? So that would be the first step to elevating the, your, the culture of your team is the core values. And so um, what's interesting about core values is if you don't know what they are, they're probably the glue that's kept your team together for a number of years. If you have had a team together for a number of years, you, you share the same core values. If you've had uh, some turnover with some people, it's probably because you guys didn't share some core values. Mm -hmm. And um, once you understand what your core values are, then it becomes a game changer because you can hire based on them, you can fire based on them, you can reprimand based on that, yes. you can make, you can have adult conversations around it without attacking the person, you're attacking the behavior. Yes. Uh, you, um, it's it's it becomes, really great, especially yeah. for people that really struggle with conflict. Yeah. Um, and it becomes very emotional to have those conversations. Yep. Especially core... because you hired your best friend or your sister <laughs> or your mom. Yep. Oh. Um, you know, having to correct a behavior yep. it gets super uncomfortable. And like, how can I ever have that conversation? I don't even know where to start. Um, this is going to be terrible. So let's just let it go on forever. And then it becomes even worse. But the core values, you know, being able to cite specifically. Mm -hmm. What are they? And What are they? where they're doing really well in mm -hmm. the core value lineup and then the one area or the two areas that are struggling yep. really it gives such definition mm -hmm. to why we're having this conversation yep. it's not i don't like you i don't like the behavior it's right. not that i don't like you i don't like the result right, right. and you know a lot of times it's when you want to discipline someone it's sometimes it can be kind of hard to like pinpoint what exactly it is that they're doing yep. that makes you want to run screaming. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what it is. I'm picturing her like literally ripping her hair out, like running the different directions. Yes, or I've just seen crying before, or yeah. just crying. Like, Oh my God, I just can't handle this anymore. I don't know what it is. I'm you're a sucky you're leader. You're just the most annoying person on the planet. Where's that in the core values? Right. Um, so, cause a lot of times that's how it can feel, especially if you don't yeah. know how to address it and it just goes on and on. Um, so let's define having, that. Let's, yeah, let's define core the, values. Let's also talk about how to how to identify what yours are if you don't have some already within your team or company, um, because then it's uh, then you can interview around those core values. Then you can have all these things we're we're diving mm -hmm. into, which will certainly elevate the uh, the culture of the team. So here's the easiest. Let me you know core values are basically um, um, what's the best way to say it. Core values are the reason uh, that you are who you are and the way you act with other people. They are the baselines, non-negotiables of uh, the behaviors that you'll tolerate and you won't, right? It's that, Yeah, it's kind of the, the, um, the live inner workings or the live thread, yep. that common thread that runs through the team. Well, no, or it doesn't, but it's what you want or what the leader right. wants, right? right. And so the way the, the, it's always easier to, to identify it when you think about if you've been with a boss, well, not been with a boss, that would be horrible. <laughs> that's not what I was looking for. If you've been <laughs> fired by a right. boss or you fired somebody or, you know, that that, oh, my God, you're the most annoying person ever. Uh, it's really easy to identify it when that moment happens and you look back and it's like, what exactly was the behavior that I did not like? Mm -hmm. So um, you think in terms of like, uh, so I'll give ours. We, you know, we, we always talk about our core values and uh, it's solid is the acronym we use. Serve others, outstanding attitude, learn and grow, incredible initiative and dream big. 
And what's happened over the years is that sometimes I, I had to hire multiple people pretty quickly because of the growth pattern, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had noticed that, you know, this person's a very, you know, is a servant's heart or, you know, uh, or this person is just like really intelligent, wants to learn more. You know, uh, or this person's got really, really awesome, you know, big dreams. Uh, and yet some of those people didn't stay on the team long term because they didn't have the other core values. And mm-hmm. so what we did was we sat down as a, a group of people that had been working together for about five years, the, 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 those of us that had been working together a number of years together. Mm-hmm. And when we had some turnover, we looked at each other and said, okay, uh, what are the adjectives to describe who we are as a group, who you are as an individual? Let's not talk about it loud. Let's just write them all down in a long list. And then let's compare notes and see if there's any commonality. And what we found by doing that was you know, that these were those core values. I think three of the five came out in that first session, you know, uh, serving others, uh, outstanding attitude was one for sure. And dreaming big was one for Mm -hmm. sure. Incredible initiative didn't come up for a a while and um, learn and grow didn't come up. It was the most obvious one uh, for us looking backwards. But what ends up happening is you, you write down these adjectives, you share it in your team and you start, you know, what is it that we, we like? And so you've got to have a litmus test though, because there's a thousand words that we would all like to describe us. And, and here's a big question mark uh, and a, a different way to, to add to this. It's not what you hope to be. Right. It's who you are, right? Yes. If I was a fly on the wall in your small team or your company watching you from afar and you guys didn't know I was watching, what, uh, what would I observe and would right. that match what you claim to be your core value? So people will say some things all the time that sound cool on paper. But the reason why they're never referenced and the reason why it stays on that piece of paper in the drawer that was never looked at again other than that one meeting 30 years ago mm-hmm. is because it's not the living representation of who we exactly. are on a daily basis, right? And so the litmus test is uh, twofold for me, right? So I'd really like this, but if you don't have this, would I fire you? Mm. Yeah. Right? So yeah, I'll give you an g- example. Uh, you know, I think personally that grittiness is the number one determinant of success, highly successful people. But not everyone in my company is gritty. I'd like them all to be gritty. Mm-hmm. I prefer gritty people, but I'm not going to fire you for not gritty as long as you do your job and you yeah. have these other attributes, right? So the, the, on the one side, if you don't have this attribute behavior adjective, would I fire you? Yes or no? And if the answer is, that's kind of annoying, but I wouldn't fire you. Right. It's probably not a core value. The second thing would be, at the end of your last five relationships, 10 relationships, as many as you can think of back, what was it exactly, right? Like, um, you know, uh, when you got fired, what was the disparity between you and your boss? When you fired somebody, or you really, there's one person on the team that you just literally can't stand, mm-hmm. why is that? Why is it? Right, so Incredible Initiative was one of those ones that came out of it for us, right? Because yes. so many people on our team, or all at this point, but for years, you know, somebody's dying at the vine, crazy busy, and some pe- people aren't, but they'll most of them will step back in and help the other person. Right. So when all of a sudden I was like, I can't stand you. You know, you're watching TV, watching TV. when <laughs> this person's dying. We're right. on a team. Get the hell out of here. Yeah. Then that was easier to identify those last couple. But um, once you identify those and you throw them against the wall a couple of times, come back a couple of weeks later, throw it against mm-hmm. the wall a couple more times, see what sticks then you really get this point where the team, uh, the core team, because you can't do this with 100 people in an exercise. It's got to be the three or five people that best exhibit who you are, what your team's all about, where you want to go. What do you guys have in common? And what is expected? And then the question then becomes, will I only hire people that have these attributes? Mm-hmm. Will I fire people that don't? Right. Are we going to live and die on these, on these couple words? So it's a really important part, but think about it. If you can actually identify those words, yeah. how much easier does hiring interviewing, retaining people become. Right. Because you only hire people that are like you that uh, appreciate things that you value. Yeah, You're more likely to stay together longer term. Well, and what happens too is, you know, the more in tune you are with your core values, um, the people that fit stick out and the people that don't fit stick out big time. And quickly. And quickly. (laughs) And quickly. So you can have shorter interviews and get rid of people faster if they they make it through. Yes. Um, And then the ones that do fit jive immediately, which is, which is really good because you know, you don't want that ramp up time of feeling like they're of them feeling like they are part of the group or being, or rape up time with the team 
and others accepting them in. It's like, yep. oh, you're my people. So it just, yep. it really, really, it's very, becomes very efficient. It um, does. And birds of a feather fly together. So it's right. amazing how many of these people will invite their friends to come work with you too. Absolutely. <laughs> half our team is Half of our team is a somebody. chain. Yep. <laughs> it's a chain effect. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Um, so the, the, those core values then uh, can't be, you know, take this one step further before we move on in this elevations conversation is uh, it can't be a one-time conversation. Mm -hmm. It's a make sure it's the real words. And there's some things I would point out that you'll see in core values that are worthless, okay? So you can't pick a core mm -hmm. value that is a expectation a of given. any job, a given, right? Yep. Like people will ethical. say stupid shit like ethical, right? Well, if you're not ethical, I'm gonna fire you. So I assume that you're ethical, right? Yeah, let's, make, um, yeah, let's go ahead and assume You that. know, you, you can go down all those kind of ad lib words that, um, Honest, ethical. Um, what are some other ones? I'm trying to think. All try, of those avoid those like the plague. Trustworthy, like right. those are all kind of going to the same category. Though I'm trying to think. Um, experienced, knowledgeable, professional. Professional, yeah. Team, team player. Team player. Yeah, there, there's a lot. I mean, you think about those. Those are kind of the givens, or they're just gonna not make it. Fun. I think fun's a, well, a fun's different. I think fun's a great core value. Yeah. We should actually. But like, everybody has. We should do a whole list of like a hundred core values <laughs> of what, that are good and hundred that are bad. But I think I think fun looks different for everybody. So if I say I'm fun. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that it you mean think that, I'm fun. Well, you're fun, but you're just not funny. There's a difference. <laughs> Your jokes do flop. Funny. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> and yet you hear That's me. Yes, I know. I really struggle with the punchline. <laughs> Always. And clearly I am funny. <laughs> but you were know, more fun. You think? I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, so I think fun is, that's a tricky one. Because you do want some sort of element of fun. I have a couple of friends of mine that fun is in their core values. And they're, that's, that's what describes your team. So remember Shayla years ago. I, should, I showed you a video. So here's a perfect example. So it, it, one of her core values was fun. And uh, there, there's this video that went out uh, that she sent to all of her referring partners and her past clients. And it was when some, one of those, you know, songs that comes out that goes viral. Mm -hmm. So picture the one where you open a car door and you run outside and dance in the street and then jump back in if you've seen those, uh, mm -hmm. right? Well, they were in their office, like really, really, really nice space. And everyone, they, they live, they, they work up in like Reno, uh, and uh, Tahoe and those areas. So the entire office is, is jammed out in ski clothes and toboggans and funny hats and they're rapping and dancing on top of the conference table. So I was like, dude, if every day is like that, that place is a party, that place yeah. is fun. And they only, like I'm, I've, I've spoken with their group, they're, every person there is fun. Like you wanna hang out with that group. It's kind of a fun group. Yeah. So anyways, we digress. Let's go back to, that was number one. What's number two? So the second way to elevate your team's culture would be through culture testing. Aha. Through culture testing. So I want you guys to think survey. Yeah. So when you think about survey, uh, it's amazing to me how many people don't do surveys at all in small businesses, but mm -hmm. you can think of, you know, a couple of restaurants that do it. When you sign out, you can take a survey, you think about, uh, some hotels, very few these days, except for an email afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, some restaurants you get, you'll get, so, they'll hand you something or put it in the middle of the table. Um, and so, so few actually ask the customer what their experience is like and what they would improve. Then you take it a step further. A lot of people that do survey don't actually read the results which is super weird to me. That's really weird. <laughs> it's the truth though. I guarantee you that, I guarantee you in our in our field. Why would they not? Because it was a form <laughs> that the company said for people to do, whether they read it or not is up to them, right? I'm telling you, it's the truth. So survey people first, read what it has read to say second. Say. And the third piece is look for the truth in it. And I think the third yes. step is the key, okay? Yes. So, um, when we think about a culture test, I want you to think of a culture survey. What you're doing is you're literally asking three or four or five important questions to the team to feel, to ask them how they feel, mm -hmm. how do they feel taken care of, how they think that they're doing, right? These are questions just to get an idea of in your job, at your space, with your leader in this company, mm -hmm. how are you doing? How do you feel cared for? How's your leader doing for you? What can they what do better? What can they do better, right? What can the company do better? What can the company do better? What can we do to be more efficient? Oh yeah, all sorts of great questions, right? And 
and valuable questions. And what's interesting is, you know, when I did my first culture survey probably eight, nine years ago, I probably stumped my chest thinking, I'm the man, like I'm like really great at culture. And I guarantee you that half were tens and half were twos. It was like, it was split right down the middle um, if I was a good leader or not. It was right when we had gotten that, that critical point where I just couldn't spend a lot of time right. with every person on the team. Uh-huh. So what was interesting is the the OGs on my team were not feeling that great because I wasn't spending as much time as it with, yeah, them, with them. all the new as, people. Right, all the damn new Get people, right? Get attention. Right, whereas prior to that, I, like all yeah. I had was time with right. the OGs, right? And um, But what's really interesting is that uh, how I read that as a young leader also has changed compared to now too. Like, I took offense at some of the things where they were said in Oh, there. it's so easy to get hot. Right. It's like, I like, do all this you for you. Are you kidding right? Me? You should be grateful. It's like, the point of the survey it's is like, not to be. I've done ass. this, right. which is exactly what you're saying. I need, like, how. Right. So, point is, what you did did not land. Right. <laughs> did not land. You didn't do it their way, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, exactly. But I, I'm, I'm serious about this, guys, because. Um, you want to, to close the feedback loop, mm-hmm. just react to something that irritates you. If you're asking for the information, take it for what it is. It's it their is. truth that look for the truth in it, right? Here's it doesn't mean you have to change everything. Right. I do want to point out too. So um, in the in the spirit of take the, tr- like look for the truth in the surveys, um, also look at the time at which the survey was written and right. how far back the person is going with their criticism. Right. So what I mean by this, if someone's having a really hard week, week or day <laughs> or two, um, and the, at the time that the culture well test is due, then you're gonna get some more emotional type responses versus yep. factual, um, uh, factual is the wrong word, um, more than a real picture of how they, yes, yes. Great, great way to explain it. So not saying to dismiss it all the way, but before you get really bent out of shape, seek first to understand, think through (laughs) like, okay, why is this coming? Like, why is this being written? And is it situational or is it a real thing? Right. And so, and and sometimes it is, sometimes it is is a real thing. Um, but there's definitely times where it's like, oh, this is completely knee jerk because the test was due yep. and they had a shitty day. And so and you got to catch and it. And you got to catch it. Yeah. So so this is the key here. Right. So you ask the questions. Be, you know, be careful to ask if you don't want to know. Mm-hmm. So because it's not always going to be pleasant. And then for sure, don't react. You respond to everything, but you don't react to anything. And so, you know, as a younger man, I would for sure react quite often. From a standpoint of, are you fucking kidding me? And and right. or ignore it altogether, which is just as bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the follow up step is that you have to at least acknowledge, which is the response. It doesn't mean you have to do anything, right? So um, what so I mean what by that? Mean, yeah, what do you mean by so, acknowledge? So, so a couple of things come from this. So people always say, should you do an anonymous one or should you do put your name on it? I would tell you that we used to do it anonymous, and now we do put your name on it because if you have a the the better your culture gets over time the more transparent you should be and they should be yeah. with you because they know that it's a safe place. Correct. So when you jump down people's and throats. And I'm going to be honest, when there's, yes. when there's no names on them, all we, we, do is, all we do is sit there and try to figure out right. who, who said Which, what. Most of the time we can figure it most out. Most of the time it is Very dead, <laughs> dead giveaways. Yeah. Um, but I think so a yeah. name should be on it just because, hey, look, um, I, 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 I'm going to give you feedback in your review. You can give me feedback as your leader, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So... With that, then you got to, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So let's just assume you're like me and you had a lot of twos, fives, and sevens in there, right? Mixed in. Then you can't fix culture overnight, uh, especially if you hired some bad apples, especially if you have some people that are not aligned from a culture perspective, from a core value perspective. And I remember having this conversation with you when we were at that point where we recognized that more than half my team at this point in time did not represent our core values. Mm. I said, trust me, every future hire, we're gonna hire only core values, and eventually we're gonna drive these other ones away, or they're gonna or they're gonna concede and join us. Either way is fine yeah. with me, right? But that culture test then gives you some really good cues about, oh, 
this person needs more time with me, this, which is not a bad thing. This person needs more words of affirmation, which is not a bad thing. This person needs to feel better taken care of from the company. Whisper in the company director's ears and say, hey, dude, right. it's about time that you did a Christmas party for the entire company right. or whatever. It this gives you cues. A comp- small competitions right. along the way. Because the, the, the cost of losing somebody, even a B player, Oh, yeah. is tremendous to try and rehire, retrain, oh, reconfigure, all that stuff. Yeah. It's tremendous. And so it's, uh, this is a, something, a small thing that goes a big way. So what we're at at this point, this has been years. Of, how many years do you think I've done a culture test? 10 years? More? Yeah, I would say about 10 years. 7 to 10. I mean, it's I mean, got to be 10 years. Because uh, you've been with me for, what, 13 years I, now? I feel like... Um, it's got to be 10 years I don't now. know that we ever did them at the other offices. So I'm thinking maybe it's something that started eight, nine years, nine years ago. Yeah, because we've been out we're eight years there and one more. Okay, yeah. so let's call it nine years. Yeah. So nine years later, mm-hmm. uh, I'm at the point where I literally take the entire culture test. I have my secretary put all the positive things on one side of a piece of paper and all the negative things I've said on the other side of the paper, and I share it with the entire branch. Yeah. And I say, here's what, every, what everyone's saying that's good. Here's everything that, that they're saying that's bad. And then I go through the bad ones and address them and say, hey, look, I hear, you know, there's four people that said this. And by the way, our last culture test, I bet you we averaged a nine. Oh, yeah. You know, it was eights to tens. Yes. I bet you we averaged a solid nine. So, and there were nothing, there was nothing less than an eight that I can remember mm-hmm. on the last one. So my point is, is that uh, what I would do then is say, look, yeah, even with all eights, there's something I got to find to improve the culture. And so here's two or three things I heard two or three people say mm-hmm. that I'm going to do something about. Here's two or three things that I, I see that I can't, can't do something really do about right yet. Right. But, but I heard you. And there, here's two or three things that will never change because of this reason. Right. Right. So that's the response piece of I hear you. You've got to feel heard if, you, if I expect you to vocalize again in the future mm-hmm. or just turn in a bullshit. Like if you've ever gotten a survey that was just all numbers and it says nothing written. Right. They're just filling the blanks. They're not really giving you any feedback. It's not helpful. Right. So if you want to keep that, hey, give me everything you can think of. Here's what I'm going to do and make sure you follow through on it. Here's what I, I'm going to table, but I'm going to work on uh, in the future. And then here's some things yeah. I can't change because here's why we do it this way. Right. I was going to, that was going to be my next point is an explanation. Right. Here's why uh, we did it this to way. As, to as much degree as you can give an explanation. I'm thinking like a lot of things that um, that come up or have come up in the past, maybe at a company level, oh, I, not, that's a, exactly not a, not a that team one. level. And so there's only Maternity, so much time off. Yeah. There's only so much control you have to redirect the entire company. Right. And so um, giving clarity on that, yeah. like here's, here's the who, what, when, where, why of this issue. Here's where I can fit in and I can try to start, you yep. know, I'll give, so let's move. give those two examples so people can hear. I can think of three off the top of my head. So I had, especially, I mean, for whatever reason, I've got a lot of young mothers on my team and I've got mm-hmm. one I just found out yesterday is pregnant, right? I know. And uh, there was feedback from one of my teammates maybe five years ago that, are, can you believe how crappy our maternity policy is? I was like, I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. I've never used it before. <laughs> no so why don't you give me more information? Yeah. And basically it was, you burn all your time off uh, and then there's nothing after that was yeah. what it was at the time. Right. Which I, looking at that um, and having three kids myself, I was like, yep, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, because so, it puts you in a deficit forever. Right, forever. So <laughs> so as a result, I whispered in my uh, in the owner's ear and I said, hey, dude, you need to do a survey and look for this. And the same shit came up and there was a company-wide policy change because of that. Right. Uh, another one was bereavement, uh, bereavement pay. Yeah. We never had it. We were a small business for 18 years, right? And all of a sudden, you know, shit, people die. You right. know, you work with people long enough, they're going to have somebody that dies in their family or, mm-hmm. you know, it just happens. And we didn't have any bereavement t- time off, things like that. You know, COVID, it turned out that because we had a policy change, people got to utilize that for, right. you know, to take care of their their loved ones as a result, right? So that's, uh, I I hear you. I don't know if I can do anything, but right. I'm going to bring it up to somebody that I might be able to and so on. For sure. Uh, um, uh, another example was the, um, the time with me, right? Mm-hmm. So... I got too big for my britches. I'm too far removed from too many people on my team. I don't have my finger on all the pulses. I love my team. I love my branch. It doesn't mean that I've got time for my branch unless I make the time. So what the what what came out of that was, you know what? I'm just going to pick one person every single week without exception. Every Wednesday I have lunch with somebody on the team, yeah. period. And that was just a direct instantaneous result because this was what was said. This is what I need to, uh, need to have happen. 
Um, another big feedback piece for me was uh, responses to emails and communication styles in general, right? <laughs> so um, I don't read every email. I don't read every word in every email. Um, like I just don't. So uh, what came of it was, look, you guys understand that my deep personality if something's not catchy in the subject line or the first line, I'm not going to see it ever. It doesn't right. mean I don't care. But if if it's important, literally put Josh, please read in the please subject line and I will respond to you. And I do. And you do. And so and I'll even the put, feedback. This is long, yes. but still read it. Still re like literally, <laughs> like just give the idiot instructions right. and the idiot will follow the instructions. <laughs> but yes. but that created that feedback of, are you serious, Josh? We really do this. Like, yeah, if you just put that in there, I will for sure read it. If it's a for your information, I'll eventually get around to it. Absolutely. But if it needs to be done today, put exclamation point, Josh, please read. Um, so that's what that kind of creates. And so a people feel heard because and valued yes. because they gave information and we acted on it. So they're improving their working environment. And that's why you're able to take twos and fives and sevens to eights, nines, and tens. 100%. So that would be the culture test. What would be the third way to elevate the culture of your team? Okay. So the third way to elevate the culture of your team is understanding the difference between EQ and Ooh. IQ and um, learning how to, wow, gosh, what is the best way to say it? Like the best personality profiling would be the way I would think about profiling. it. Um, how do you improve it? How do you look for it? And better yet, how do you trust it? Like learning to trust it. Right. Because that's a huge, huge one. Yeah. So one thing I tell uh, tell my friends all the time when they say, hey, what's most important for you to teach your kids? It's like, look, I want my kids to be smart. I'm, I, pray for, I pray pray that they're smart kids. And they, so far they are. Mm -hmm. But I, I care more that they're street smart yes. than they are book smart. Yes. Um, because it turns out that street smart people just do better in life in life, like yeah. just sur survivability, have, yeah. right? Yes. And so when I think about this real, I mean, we could talk for five hours about this piece and we're not going to, but um, what when I think about if you're gonna in elevate the culture of your team, what I think about are what are some simple tools to speak people's languages, mm -hmm. to uh, to be on their radar, to uh, for them to be on your radar. Um, and so some examples, and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are, would be just teaching people personality profiling like that is a learned skill you right. can literally teach people any number of personality profiling the one we adopted in the early time was was disc right yeah. disc which we have a totally different podcast about not podcast but a different episode about in mm -hmm. previous seasons but what we did with that is a second step right so we educated our team on what disc is we utilize it when we hire uh, hire people for sure so we make sure we understand who we're hiring and then on top of that, in the office settings, we literally printed up mm -hmm. everyone's primary and secondary personalities. Yeah. So Josh is a DI, right? So what that means is talk to Josh in bullet points. Don't talk in paragraphs. Right. As opposed to, you know, uh, Crystal is, a, is uh, not all DC, but DC, C. Yeah. C. And so the C per piece of it is explain the who, what, when, where, why, or how, or you're hiding something from her. Right. Right. So Josh can't be bullet pointed to Crystal, I've got to explain the who, what, when, where, why, and how um, uh, to Crystal as an example. So the knowledge and teaching is the first piece of it, mm -hmm. but then the utilization of it uh, becomes a secondary piece within the team. And the third piece then the, is how do we use this to speak better to our clients, clients to create right. a better yeah. client experience? So we li literally, the Start best we it. can, label the personality of the person on the phone, the client on the phone, so that you know, if if uh, if Cassie's talking to Josh, Cassie says, "Oh, Josh is definitely a D. He's very quick and, he, and very you know fast and bull pointed." She puts, "I think he's a D," mm -hmm. and that way, the second person that talks to Josh doesn't have to figure it out; just gets to the point, right? Right. So all that is about uh, as efficiency, obviously, a better client experience, obviously, but it's really about retention and culture, in my opinion. Well, it plays to transparency as well because what you'll see and start to hear is, um, okay you're going way too D on me. Like back it up, <laughs> back it up. I need some more detail. And yeah. it's an easy like, okay, rather than sitting there in frustration. Josh doesn't have enough time for me. Time, right. So it's a really easy way to keep things from festering or, yep. you know, because you can just, you know. Well, think about the eyes. Eyes just care that they're liked. Yeah, I just, right? yes, I want to so be So what have you done one. lately to make me feel liked? I mean, seriously. <laughs> yes. And we should have our team as an I. So, yeah, you know, you, uh, um, it's amazing when you are, like I work with all women just by accident, but I do. 
<laughs> and it's amazing that I notice shoes. I notice hair. I like. <laughs> I actually notice every time a girl's cut their hair, colored their hair. Like I, I'm like, oh, looking good today. Uh, you know, when in doubt, just bring it up. <laughs> right. But you know the. I, do I care about the color of shoes ever in my life? Never in my life. But I understand that some people, my team, they like to feel noticed, and that if that's yeah. an easy thing for us to talk about. Then, and the, you know, that's just part of it. It's over just the, over part the of it. For that's sure. the that's the EQ that I'm trying to get at. It right? is. Um, you know, past the disc is really tactical. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, EQ comes like deep from within. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is definitely people who have it. And, and definitely people who yep. right over, right over heads. And so for me, as someone who has been told by multiple people that my EQ is very high. You, you have very high it, EQ. Re- Which like, by the way, EQ is emotional intelligence. To yeah. To be really clear. As opposed to IQ uh, is, you know, think book smart. I yeah. don't know what the, what does IQ actually stand for? I don't. Intelligent quotient. Intelligence quotient, the actual number. Okay, got it. Yeah. Thank you. Which I have no idea uh, what my IQ is. My guess is that it's probably pretty low. <laughs> well, your EQ is sounds. very high. My, yeah, I mean, you know, it can't be everything. <laughs> I can't be everything. And I'm just a unicorn. <laughs> I'm just joking. You're right, Josh. You're right. <laughs> very low with both. Um, so EQ for me comes, like it starts deep within my gut, like yeah. deep within my soul. Um, I can feel feel truly feel when someone is uncomfortable when they're sad when something's on their mind when they're not being truthful when there's something else going on so it just and i have the tendency to be able to rise above all the things that are happening like on planet earth on planet earth Uh and kind of look down on the situation and be like okay this is this is truly like the root of what is happening to yep. cause the chain reactions that or are this happening. behavior change right yeah. like yeah and i can't tell you how valuable this is because i, I tell you that uh, my eq is not as high as Bryn's. i've developed it over the years but um it's also why when you have somebody that you know like picks up on stuff guess who i have interview every single person for my mm-hmm. team like yes i do a and a short interview but i rely very heavily on Bren to do interviews because she's got a really good EQ and she'll pick yeah. up on the bullshit that people are throwing at, at right. us in interviews. Um, you know, uh, same thing with uh, when businesses are moving quickly, typically when they're going well, by the way, not when they're not going well, when they're going well and moving quickly, it's weird that every time things are going great, I, the first, like when it's, it's the same period of time, I, I look at Bren's like, I'm waiting for a shoe to drop. What I don't know why, but it's just the truth. And so yeah. the EQ meters on people, like mine is up, Bryn's is up, got several people on the team that I very heavily rely on to say, hey, you need to go give so-and-so a hug. Mm-hmm. You need, hey, I, something's off over there. My gut's telling me that she's interviewing with other companies or whatever. That's my gut. I can't tell you why I know that. That's what EQ is, right? It is. And so learning to, I think where you start to improve in EQ is it goes back to active listening, which we have an entire episode on. Yes. Um, And to do that, you have to slow down. Yep. So slow down, observe people's body language. Yeah, be present, observe people's body language. Um, Understand how to differentiate between a bad day or moment or or situation that's happening in their life versus like a fundamental problem. Um, And then having the confidence and finding a way to bring it up to someone like, hey, I noticed that you were a little bit off at lunch today. Mm -hmm. I just I I hope I'm not overstepping. I just wanted it could be nothing, but I just want you to know that like I'm here. I love that you said that. So. The, uh, so the people are like, well, how do you train yourself, Josh? So I, we talked about it in a different episode, the ones, the tens and the hundreds, like yeah. th- that's how I literally train myself. So yeah. it, uh, what it really is, is stop having shallow conversations, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, the average conversation is, How's the weather? hi, how are you doing? You know, I'm <laughs> how good. Are you, how are and, you today? Right. Good. And, and you, it's one word and you don't really care. It's just like, you feel like you have to say something. 10 level conversations are those conversations that you bring up, you know, hey, how was Walker's baseball game? So you bring up something that matters, carrying on a previous conversation. Yes. That's about it, though. And level 100 conversations are um, noticing or talking about something that, like, pulls on heartstrings, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I've gotten the habit of saying is, and everyone, I think, picks up on it. it. People are uncomfortable to say the next thing. And so 
now whenever I see somebody that's that I think is a little off, stranger or otherwise, personal friend, family member, I say, what's going on? Yeah. Are you okay? No, I'm fine. If you're going to say I'm fine. No, no, seriously, you seem no, like you you're seem off. Like what's you're up? Off. Yeah. And I just, the probing of two or three times, yeah. go, go back at it because I can't tell you how many times I've like had a really deep, impactful conversation with a stranger mm-hmm. because I cared enough just to go with my gut and say, yep, something's off. Something's yeah. wrong. We got to talk about this more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but think about this about your, the culture of your team. Um, there was a movie with, I just, this popped in my head. There's a movie with Mel Gibson. What women want. Oh, it's such and a good And it's a movie where he can hear <laughs> what women are thinking, yes. which is, I don't know if that's a gift or a curse. I'm not sure. I mean, it can definitely be either. <laughs> it could definitely be either. Uh, so go watch the movie. But there's a girl that is doing her job, does her job really well in the working place. And she's literally thinking about killing herself every yeah. single day. Yeah. So this one day, you know, she doesn't show up at work and he goes to the house and finds her to go to that girl's house. And sure enough, the girl was about to kill herself. And all he said was, Hey, you know, I, I, I was thinking about something we talked about two years ago and I want to know if you want this other job and, and just made her feel noticed and made her feel heard. Yeah. So what's the moral of the story? When somebody's having a bad day, if you as a leader or a teammate can show up and just say, hey, you seem off. Mm-hmm. They feel noticed and that's half the battle, right? Yeah. And if they can, if they, you can listen to them and maybe help, great. Sometimes just listening is enough. And that's the last piece I would talk about in this area, which would be, Primarily geared towards men, but women need this too. Understanding the difference between a four one one and a nine one one is something yeah. that I had to learn as well. So yeah. uh, again, I might ask a question, and and Bryn might feel compelled as my employee to answer the question if I ask her three or four times. It doesn't mean that she wants to, <laughs> nor does she expect me to fix said problem. Right. So the difference I want you to think of the old school, you know, four one one is information in a mm-hmm. telephone, nine one one is dial in case of emergency. And so speaking with Christy, my wife, or an employee, when it, it's when it's starting to get a little weird in the conversation, you know, like, oh my God, I am naturally a fixer. Right. So if you're naturally a fixer, it does not mean that they want you to fix their shit or they just won't tell you next time. Mm-hmm. And so they're starting to say, Oh, is this a information only thing? Yeah. Or do is I this need a, to take a or do I, yeah, <laughs> and I like, I've, I can think of a half yeah. a dozen times in the last couple of years For that sure. I, even you and I have had this like I'm not sure like I'm here I'm listening do you want me to do something yeah <laughs> and, and I think this becomes important like so we have a rule that you can only bitch upwards yes so which means um, Josh is the one person above me. That you can bitch that to. That I can bitch to. <laughs> so sometimes she bitches. So, and I'm like, oh my God, do I need right, to do it? Right, do I need to do it? So if you're going to go and bitch up rather than down, meaning you, me as who I am on the team, I don't want to go down and bitch to my team. Like right. that would be bitching down because it just poisons the waters, right? And puts your so well frustrations said. into their mind. Yep. And guess what? Now... The whole team is The whole up. team can be pissed off about it, which is yeah. just awesome. Um, yep. So if you're going to bitch up, then you have to clarify just a 411. I'm just venting. I really don't need you to do anything. This will fix it. The venting yep. session will cure what I'm pissed off about. <laughs> so don't jump. Yeah. Well, into and, and, and what's really interesting, too, from a, you know, this is elevating your culture. Um, like, leadership is quite often a lonely place, right? So if you're a yeah. mid-level manager as an example, sometimes just the ability to say it out loud helps you come up with a solution or become totally. more convicted in what you're going to do, which might be challenging or difficult or emotionally, you know, you know, I'm going to have to talk to that friend in a really, you know, direct way. And, you know, you're always risking the relationship when you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, hey, just Joshua, we want to give you a heads up in case somebody calls you. This is what's going on. I got a, I got a plan. I'm going to talk to this person on this yeah. date, but just give me a heads up. And it's like, okay, it's good for me to know in case I watch this person walk out, you know, crying, you know, at least I know <laughs> at least I'm I not know. supposed to do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. So great. What is the next way you can elevate the culture of a team? Okay. So the next way to elevate the culture of your team is understanding the love languages. Mm, so true. Um, so there's a book called the five love languages that mm-hmm. is definitely made for relationships. Um, yep. which if you have not read it, I would highly recommend reading it. Um, the idea is that each one of us has a love language that when people play to that love language, we 100% receive it, hear it, see it and get what is happening. Um, however, if we have someone that is playing to, so what happens most often is a, like we'll take spouses, 
Um, so the five love languages are, for the yeah, record, uh, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and gifts. Mm-hmm. That's for a relationship with a spouse. Right. right. So if I am words of affirmation and quality time, and Randy is gifts and acts of service, then what we are most prone to do is to show love in the way that we receive love. And so if he's constantly buying me gifts, because that's what he likes, and I'm like, just tell me I'm awesome and spend some time with me, we're constantly on different right. levels. So, so what she's saying is that you tend to love people the way you like to be loved, which means it falls on deaf ears. Mm, 100%. That's the problem. Lots of wheel spinning, lots of look how much I'm doing for you, and you are not reciprocating. Because that's not how they feel love. Right. So understanding the way that people receive love is really important. And as it turns out, there is a workplace and a children's love languages. And so understanding everyone's love language at work helps you tailor what you're doing for them. And very similar things, you know, even, even physical touch, obviously non-sexual physical touch. Yeah, high fives, pats on the back. Uh, Hugs and and high fives. Absolutely. So um, and, and again, the tactic, what do you do with that? So go read the book, go give the book to your entire team and then have everyone take the free test in the book Yes. and then post it. And post like, it. It goes don't, underneath don't leave, the discs. Like, so yeah, literally in the office you have the, everyone's, you know, disc letters and then you have their love yeah. language. And, and we do that intentionally because if I walk by a desk and I see words of affirmation, I will see that before I get, catch the eye contact and, and I can think really quickly about, is there anything that I can recognize right now on it gives me a, a, a leg up in improving the culture of the team because oh my god my boss noticed this and yeah, bam because you're right? playing to it it's again uh, or back a small to efficiencies. gift you know like uh you know katie my, my secretary i literally go out of my way to find little gifts on on uh vacations now because i didn't realize just how much like you know some people's love languages are spread out a little bit nothing really powerful mm-hmm. for her i get her a little gift showing that i thought about her when i was so you know on trip with my family or whatever is such a big deal to her yeah um Shit, puzzles. So I buy puzzles for her all the time now because she likes to do puzzles. You know. Um, anyways. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that, that's yeah, the fourth so one, that and, and that's a it. very easy. You don't yeah, have to listen to this episode. Read the book. It's a short book, but it's called the Five Love Languages at Work, mm-hmm. and that can help improve the culture team. So the last step, the fifth step to elevating the culture of your team is what? To have a actual culture committee. Weird. I know. So meaning. I am not gifted. I'm being direct. I am not gifted at culture. Uh, I work really hard on it. I surround myself really uh, with really great people. But I want Brenda to go into detail on this because it was her idea ah, years, ago years ago to do this. And basically what I knew is I love my team, but my team doesn't feel loved based on the culture surveys that I actually read and heard and listened mm-hmm. to. And I was, you know, if I have an extra 20 minutes to do something. I'm a producer, so I'm going to go sell something and call somebody. I'm not naturally hardwired to remembering a birthday or remembering exactly. a vacation or whatever. Well, but I'm willing a, to give money and time of my team yeah. to make sure that all that's taken care of. So what does a culture committee look like? Yeah. The other thing about culture committees is that it's it's as your team grows, it's really hard to know what's important to everyone. Um, the best example of this is uh, through the culture committee, we found out that... Well, what is the uh, culture like, committee and what, how oh, we do okay, it? Sorry. So the culture committee is uh, someone on the team that is a really good um, example of the culture that you're looking for. Right. Um, and it's head, volunteer, by the and way. it's volunteer, heads up the culture committee, um, meaning they run the meetings that are going to be had. And then we encourage as many people as want, as, as want to be on it to be on it as a part of the part of the group. Um, we typically have about half of the team that is on the culture committee. Um, they meet once a month or once every other month. And basically it's to, uh, cover three main areas. First one would be, what are we doing for internal celebrations? Meaning birthdays, milestones, babies, anniversaries, uh, bucket list trips. If someone's sick, um, what are we doing there? Um, the next one would be what are we doing to improve the culture of our team as a whole as far as like what are what's our next team outing um what's our next initiative what are we doing for halloween how are we you know doing that what are we doing for christmas and then the third one would be philanthropy so what kind of charitable um, involvement do we want to have what are we doing when what's coming up and typically we try to do something you know i would say we solid probably twice a year um 
as yeah. a high once a quarter. Um, so, and, and it ranges. And this is what I mean by like, you don't really know what's important to everyone if you're not focused on it. I can remember specifically like Arbor Day. Someone wanted like to plant a tree or plant a flower. It was Earth Day. Earth Day. It was Earth Day. Earth Day. Yeah, so so yes. literally uh, my only job as the boss was to give a budget to it and to encourage right. it. And no matter what they came up with, I have to participate in it. Yeah. That's really the only job of the boss, right? So I can't par- I participate in the culture committee. Yes. I'm going to fund it, encourage it, and participate. Yes, and uh, I we, couldn't we, do it either um, outside of what Josh just said right. because it was my idea. So like getting other people involved. Right. And so I gave this budget and I literally thought, oh, this is stupid. Like they, they just talked me into a bar tab every month because <laughs> I got a monthly, you know, amount of money that yeah. I was going to give to this culture me, whatever they want to do it. And literally the team chose, the culture to me to- chose to buy and plant a tree. Yeah. At the and office. that's what they wanted at the office. They wanted to have a, a tree and it's literally, think, I'm yeah, looking down, down it's right there. <laughs> and uh, I was blown away. I was like, holy crap. Like, and I, yeah. and I'm an outdoorsman. And I was like, I really appreciate the fact that they would, yeah. I would never have thought of that in ever, a million years, ever. but that's what a culture committee yeah. is. And so if you are not the person that, and that somebody listening is like, oh my God, I can remember everyone's birthday on my team, dude. I have to like have it on a calendar and yeah. then I still have my secretary text me every single day to remind me who to call and when to do it. And um, what is our plan for birthdays? Because right. this is where things get really wonky and people get really bent out of shape is if you do one something for one person's birthday and then something yeah, different yeah, for another's, right. it gets, it, people get bent out of shape. Yeah. And then on, the boss just stops doing it all together pers- because it becomes, you know, yeah. one bad feedback. It's like, screw it. I, I was trying to do a good thing and it's, you guys gave me bad feedback. Exactly. On it. So coming up with the formula. So the desk is decorated. They get a X dollar amount gift card. Yep. And a, the team signs the card, whatever. Amen. And that is the birthday plan. So everybody knows what to expect. Yep. It's even and fair. We, you know, it's just, it's just the formula. Well, speaking of the formula, I would say that we just came up with a great formula to yeah. elevate the culture of your team. So uh, my hope is that if you heard one or multiple that you could do a better job at, that you implement this. And I guarantee you, while it does take some time, energy, effort, and sometimes some money and resources, it is absolutely worth it because the goal long term is to remove the drama, remove the turnover, make hiring, firing, adult conversations easier. Generally, just enjoy and love the people you work with because we work, we work and live with those people as much as or more than our own families. And so mm-hmm. uh, it's the worth The other thing this does too is it. help uh, with recruitment. Oh, absolutely. Big time with recruitment because people that are happy about work are posting about work. They're talking about it at family functions and, and birds of a feather together. Fly together and and then guess what? Here comes Here come. the next person. Yeah. So, um, we so, hope yeah. you enjoyed this episode. Absolutely. How do you want to finish this off? So I would love for you to click the subscribe button. If you haven't be sure to also check out our short sense page where you can get three to five minutes of every episode. Um, that's a little quicker to digest uh, for your daily content and motivation. Um, and then find us on all the social platforms. All the social platforms. I and mean, all of them. Please keep in touch. And yeah. uh, we'll see you next time on Sigmund Sense, guys. Bye-bye. Cheers.